Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tunnel Better Parenting Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her innovative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of energy profiling, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol's hope is that you will be able to say, I am a better parent thanks to Carol Tuttle and what she teaches. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. morning. Welcome to the Child Whisperer Show. I've officially changed the name of the show to the Child Whisperer Show. With the launch of my latest book on Amazon this last week, I'm excited to um, continue the theme of the Child Whisperer here on my weekly radio podcast. Well, I am so thrilled to share with everyone that my book, The Child Whisperer, did go, um, as you listened to last week's show, you know that it we launched it a week ago today, and within three hours of the launch, it went to the number one um, best-selling status on Amazon's parenting list within three hours. That is so cool and so exciting. And it went within about to about eight hours for it to reach the number six spot on the overall list, so it was in the top ten on Amazon. They ran out of inventory, and they had they stopped selling the book. Um, so we won't know if it could have gone number one that day. I like to believe it could have, and yet because the inventory they didn't have enough inventory, they made that decision because Amazon's very focused on making sure their buyers are um, not disappointed or put into a situation where they have to. They want to make sure buyers are never not able to get what they order and what they want. But all through the week, it stayed in the top 50, which is exciting. So um, we decided to, because Amazon wasn't able to fulfill to the level we were hoping for the first few days, we went ahead and extended the bonuses that we're offering when you buy the book on Amazon. And those bonuses include a three-hour Better Parenting webinar, not three-hour, a three-part, I think it's more than three hours, a three-part parenting webinar that's the only way you'll get access to that because it's not something available for sale at this time, a collection of videos on how to profile babies, children, and teens. And I've had uh, many people tell me, and I've had a lot of feedback on the value of these videos and how strongly they complement the book and how... Put, it kind of they put what I teach in the book into real life when you get to see the real movement and expression of these children and me helping their parents profile them and then you get the book in an audio format and a PDF format and all you have just go to the childwhisperer.com and you'll see the information you need to follow the steps in order to buy the book email in your receipt to then receive the um, information you need to access those bonuses immediately. And I know we've sold thousands of book, thousands of the Child Whisper book in the last week, and I'm really, really grateful to all of you that have helped spread the word and share this amazing book. I know it's out there. It's, very, it's a happy book now. It's thrilled. It's going to do its job and continue to be getting out there into the hands of many, many families and parents and children so it can help create more peace, harmony, and cooperation within a family group. Well, today's show, I want to talk about a pretty popular topic these days, um, the topic of co-sleeping. And this came up because somebody posted on one of the Facebook groups. We have five actual 
on Facebook. You can go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisperer, and that's the overall page that you can get involved in discussing your child whispering experience, and we're posting every day and get support from us. And then we launched three, four groups for each of the four types of children, the fun-loving child, the sensitive child, the determined child, and the more serious child. And right now, my daughter, Anne, and I moderate these, and we will be, we're looking for a volunteer moderators that will work with us because we feel very strongly we want to closely moderate these groups so that the conversations stay positive, that there's, um, we have a very specific, we have very specific guidelines and very clear, um, we've noted very clearly what kinds of posts will be deleted. And so you can join those at Facebook. But I found, um, I actually was involved in a thread on one of the pages, I don't remember which child it was about, oh, it was for a type 4 child, I think, this situation of co-sleeping. And last week I read a question from the mom that had actually posted the the question on Facebook that her child had been co-sleeping with them until the age of three, meaning sleeping in the same bed as the parents, and now they were struggling trying to get the child to stay in their own bed. And... Um, not him not being able to sleep or wanting to sleep in his own bed. So I want to talk about that today and why you might want, you know, the positives and so the benefits and why it can be detrimental and how you really need to follow your intuition on this one and not just everything you read because it's going to be different for every child and the four types of children are going to respond very true to their type. And so some of the benefits are, of course, it makes when the, in the earliest, earliest months of a child's life, it encourages breastfeeding because it makes nighttime breastfeeding more convenient. You don't, it's convenient for the mom. You know, whether or not that's convenient for the baby, I don't think that it, there's the convenience issue is that's fully making it convenient for the parent, not the baby. Because if you're going to get up, the the baby has no sense of, um, if it's being breastfed, it's being breastfed. I don't think the baby has any point of reference to convenience at this point. Um, so you can get your sleep cycle in sync with your babies. And in some cases, it might help a baby, an infant, fall asleep more easily during those first few months. In some cases, because I'm not convinced that every type would respond favorably to that close proximity. Um, and those of you that are separated from your babies during the day, it can create a closeness with your infant during the night. But you're sleeping. So there are some issues with safety that you need to be aware of that, that make sure that your infant is safe in an adult bed with one or two adults. And, you know, in many cultures around the world, this is a very common practice because there's many cultures where people, many, many people sleep in the same room. You know, you go into countries where there are small quarters, India, you know, China, and being within each other's space is fairly common. Now, you're going to have, I'm going to go over each of the four types and why they would then be prone to this or not, type 1, they're, you know, I, I think every type for the few, first couple months, this is something that could be favorable. But if it's not favorable to the parent, it's never favorable to the child. Because if you're not comfortable with it, it doesn't feel supportive to you, then you're not the best parent. Now, in my case, it would not have been a favorable thing. I needed to create that space for myself, and we would put our infant in the same room with us for a month or two, but I would not put a baby in my bed. For my own, it's just I need the break. I need to have my own space while I'm sleeping and not have my infant right in the bed with me. So it would never have been my choice, and that's based on my personal uh, what's right for me to be a good parent. And now, type 1s 
like variety. And if your energy is not, let's say you're a type 4, and your energy is very structured, see, babies are going to not be able to experience the difference between your energy field and their energy field when they're newly born. They're still a part of your energy field. But the goal here in a perspective of an energy therapist, now I'm talking from my energy therapist perspective, is you want to support your child in creating their own energetic space, their own energetic field, their own auric container. And if they're always in your space continually during the day, during the night, that isn't able to develop as it's naturally designed to do. And so for type 1, every night co-sleeping with you could be too consistent, too predictable, not enough variety. I would say of all the four types, type 2s would be the most um, inclined to benefit from this, to take kind of weaning them off your energetic space because they're the connectors, the emotional connection. And so their being connected to you is just going to happen a little bit at a, Time now. If I'd known this about my two type, my children that are type twos, I would have taken that into consideration in their infancy and seen what's the best practice for me as their mom to have them in a bassinet, just right close to my bed, so they still feel that connection with my energy, so it's not so severe, so extreme. That probably would have benefited them. Not knowing that at the time, um, I wasn't able to practice that as consciously as I would now. So I'd handle my type 2 children with that sense of, okay, they're connectors. I don't want to do anything that's extreme or severe that's going to affect their energy system, but I want to help them gradually, gently, with sensitivity, create their own sense of their own energetic space. Type 3s, I think they can handle it. I don't think they need to be... um, I know my daughter Anne has never practiced this with her baby, and... Katie is very strong in her own space, kind of you even get that sense of her of like I'm my own person and I'm fine in my own bed. So type threes are going to be the strong, most, most oriented, not needing it, not needing and actually wanting to feel some independence and some own, uh, working some things out on their own and not needing mom and dad to work, ever, try and work everything out for them that, you know, type three is like a challenge. So sometimes a little type three baby needs to cry it out to work it out. And I think they're the most capable of um, working out some of their own stuff. Not for extended periods of time. I might say 5, 10, 15, you know, again, intuitively follow this. Don't You may not need to res- What if you gave them 5 minutes, 10 minutes? What would happen? Can they work this out in their own in their own space, even when they're 2, 3, 4 months old? Um, a type 4 baby... That's going to be an all or nothing. They're either going to really enjoy it or they're just not going to at all. And you're going to have to read that one because that might feel very supportive to them in their earliest months or they might just feel like, no, I need to really be my own in my own energetic space. Now, as children grow, get older, you know, six, they move into their six-month period, 12-month, um, that's where I would suggest a per an every-night scenario is detrimental to a child because your child needs to energetically start to form their auric field, their space of self. And they're developing what's called their root chakra, which is their first connection to this planet, which is their um, zero to six months. An infant is connecting with this planet. Their root chakra is developing And then their second energy system, which is their second chakra, starts to develop soon after that first one. So in the 6 to 18-month period, there's a sense of autonomy wanting to develop of my relationship with self, my own gender reference. um, The second chakra is about reference to your sexuality, being your own person, loving yourself, loving your feminine self, loving your masculine self, whatever, you know, your sexual expression is. And so from 6 to 18 months, a child does need support in in being placed in a, uh, not being in mom and dad's bed every night. I think they, that needs to be given, they need to be given their own space to create their own energetic space and development 
when it comes to their subtle energy system. Now, whether that means across, maybe in the same room, maybe you need about eight feet. You need about six to eight feet to create your own space. And so they could be in the same room, but not within that six to eight foot range. Maybe three nights a week if you're really wanting to continue the co-sleeping. And then they're learning to be in their own space. See, I believe this mother has the problem because by three years old, your child has never developed. Now they're into their third chakra development, which is 18 months to three years, which is going to be their personal reference, their personal power. Their, I have my own power to develop and express in this world and have choices and do both difficult and challenging and easy things that I'm up for whatever I can do it. So this child that by three years old has never been oriented to turning to his own resource of self, which is his own energy, which is I'm fine. I'm in my own bed. I'm fine. I'm fine to go to sleep. He was trained to need someone else in his space, his system was oriented. It was honestly in a manner programmed to say my whole subtle energy body and my neural response system is saying I have to have mom or dad either asleep with me or asleep at the same time as me because that's what allows me to sleep. And so there has to be a reconditioning, a reprogramming and a development of what God has not developed. So those natural developments did not have not developed. Now, talking about we have a tendency, too, in our culture to think co-sleeping as adults is a standard of a healthy marriage to um, two adults that are in a marriage relationship sleeping together every night. Now, interestingly, that may not be the most supportive thing for your marriage all the time. My husband and I recently adapted the practice of choosing, if it felt supportive to us, to not be in the same bed every night. To actually, we have four bedrooms in our home, so we have other options. That when it feels correct, that Without, no, we don't, it has nothing to do with, I don't love you, you don't love me. It has everything to do with, you know what, I need to be in my own space because my energy kind of needs to clear some stuff out and reset, and it's just going to be really supportive for me not to be within eight feet feet of you. And I only have to say, since we started doing this um, over a year ago, it's taken our marriage to a whole new level. So it might be three, four it depends on the week. It might be two nights, three nights, even four nights that we that we don't have a schedule. We follow what feels right. We follow our emotional sense of what's intuitively correct. And we honor each other in that. And we're not, if it brought up any personal issues of, oh, you don't love me, I feel rejected, then that's about your childhood and that's showing you you've got some emotional integration to do and there's a part of you that is still needy and needing your partner to be a certain way because you didn't get what you needed from your parents. And so if it brings that up, that's an opportunity to to see that and go, wow, I got some stuff to, um, I got some emotional work to do here. And so we do practice this in our marriage, and it's been incredibly supportive for us. And when we understood, you know, when it was really apparent to us that if we're, it, at night, what you're doing is your system is clearing. You go through a REM sleep process. In rapid eye movement in your sleep, the function of REM is to release stressful energy, to reset the emotional, mental, um, the physical, mental, and emotional, physical, emotional, and mental. I want to put them in that order. Bodies. You actually need your sleep more for your emotional and mental benefit more than your physical. Your body can keep pretty much going. It's your emotional and mental energies and expressions of self that need to be cleansed and reset. REM sleep is a function of that. And so if you're getting a good night's sleep with REM sleep, your subtle energy system is cleansing and resetting. Well, with you're within six to eight feet of someone during your sleep constantly your energies aren't freed up to give yourself the cleanse and reset as fully, especially if you've got issues going on and you're kind of playing them out. 
and you're easily triggering each other. You're not able to get that support energetically by being close to each other every single night. Now, some women, I've had, I've heard some women say, oh, my husband would never allow that. And I think, what, eight, what time are we living in? Is it 2013 or um, 1913? Because that whole expression of my husband wouldn't allow it. Um, well, then there's an opportunity to notice that you're not an independent person that's in your relationship and you're still feeling your husband has to give permission to things. You know, in our marriage, we are a partnership and we are learning to honor each other as unique individuals with unique needs and definitely different energetic expressions. I'm married to a type 2. I'm a type 3. He's going to have a much different experience in me with who he is in his inner self, in his energy body. So the detriments are what I... Um, to. The benefits I talked about earlier, it's the first of the show. I've spoken to the detriments from my viewpoint of an energy therapist. And it's your opportunity then to make a choice based on what's the most supportive to my child and also to me. And so you can make a, a decision through asking and receive inspiration. And if... You know, an all-or-nothing approach is I'm never in favor of that to decide, well, I'm going to, when you make a decision like this as a parent, okay, I think it would be favorable to have my child co-sleep with me for the first 18 months. What if you just took it day by day? Does that feel right tonight? Does it feel right? And then you get to make that choice again tomorrow. How do you know it's going to be the most supportive thing for the first 18 months? You have no idea. And to make that um, such a broad decision for a period of time based on what you've studied or read is not allowing guidance then to receive guidance, to receive the inspiration that will guide you in your choice with this. So I'd love to have open the conversation now about this. If you have a question about this, um, a story a favorable or even a, a story where you now are learning, maybe um, you do some things different, what you've learned about that, let's share that today. And you can call in at 347-677-1963. 347-677-1963. You can also... Email questions to parenting at live your truth, and I'm gonna and you can ask about anything today. You don't have to stay on that topic, but I'd love it'd be fun to have some conversation about that if you have a feeling about that or experience with that. I'll take my first caller from two zero five. You're live on the show. Hi, um, I have like maybe a two part question. Um, okay, what's my, your name? My name is Chrissy. Hi, Christine. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Um, my husband basically um, doesn't really like to sleep in the bed with me. Um, he says that, you know, he loves the couch. It, you know, helps him to sleep better on the couch. But there are times when I do feel that we should, you know, sleep together in the bed um, mm-hmm. and so I realized from you talking today that um, I slept with my parents until I was about six and a half or seven and then after that um, I had like two twin beds and I would ask my mom to come and sleep in the twin bed every night it was like I couldn't you know be by myself and so only mm-hmm. in as I've gotten older um, I felt like I can be by myself, but I realize now that it's important for me to kind of go back and do some work because I may be feeling like a little bit of rejection, but I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that little girl definitely would be because if that was a sign or an indicator, somehow a reference point for you that, oh, my parents love me yes. um, without an actual 
you know, you never sat down and talked about it, but see, as a child, you're picking up on your references of what represents love. These are unspoken emotional imprints that you then say, oh, that represents love in my life, my parents sleeping with me. That's going to be like your six-year-old's perspective of this. So when your husband's choosing the couch over you, I I know you're going to, that little six-year-old in you is going to go, oh, my gosh, he doesn't love me. Yes. (laughs) You want to sleep with me because that's my, you know, that I yes. reference that to, as a as a a, sig- a sign of love. Yes. Yeah. And, so it's and interesting um, that you married someone to help you support you in growing this part of yourself up. You know. Yes, because I realized that I may not have been developed in some things because, like you said, that third chakra is the one that develops during that particular time, and I may. I, I think I really need to develop some things now just to go back, um, yeah. but I don't even know if that's possible to be done. Um, I oh, know sure that is. my yeah, okay, yeah, no, everything's possible. I mean, our okay. parts of us are showing up because they're getting our attention to say, you know, this wants to be um, integrated. This wants to be healed. So guarantee okay. it's showing up perfectly. And consider the possibility, the energy, the vibe you're putting off to your husband when you're wanting him to sleep with you is a needy vibe. It's like okay. it's a turn-off, see, because it's not okay. like, hey, yeah, I want to sleep with you, because you're yeah. putting it out as a needy vibe. I need you okay. to sleep with me, rather than, hey, I want you to, you know, hey, two, three yeah. nights a week, that'd be really cool if we slept together. But it's coming okay. from a needy energy, and that's going to make him go to the couch. Okay. <laughs> Because he does it all the time, and then it's always, you know, well, it's, you know, I hear because we live in apartments. It's always like, well, it's the people upstairs and they're making noise, or, you know, it's it's the bed. I don't feel comfortable in the bed. Okay, and then it's, next week it's like, oh, I don't have enough pillow. I mean, it's always something. And so I was just like, yeah, yeah. please but tell see, me that's like, showing. What? Yeah, it's almost like you've scripted him to do that. See, as you work on this. As okay. you really um, do some inner work on this, and when you when you don't need it so much, both mm-hmm. of you can then choose to want it, and you probably won't want it every night of the week then either. Okay, you'll be like, "Is it? I love being in my own bed." <laughs> I mean, personally, <laughs> I think it's yeah. very um, refreshing when it feels correct for me. It's just uh-huh. like. You know, this is nice. I I get to just be in my own space, and I notice if it brings anything up for me too. You know. Okay. And I'm a type two. Oh. My my daughter's a type three. My husband's a type one. And my type three. I mean, she is just like you know. I'm ready to go to bed, and she wants me to always like. She wants to always sleep in my bed. So I have been trying to transfer her back to her room, and sometimes she'll mm-hmm. sleep the whole night in there and sometimes not. But I don't know, you know, How if is that she? is good for her. She's four. You know, I think and then, you mix it up like you're doing and just continue okay. to. Because, um, again, type threes aren't going to do something in a regular pattern. It's very irregular. It's a okay. movement more irregular. So once you think that's the thing, you know, if you're if you're trying to in this anything that's a training like potty training, sleep training, things like this, they're gonna you're gonna think, oh, they got it, and then all of a sudden they switch it up on you. And you're going, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I think what you're expressing is um, fine that it's it's okay. happening, and and sometimes she's in your bed still, so. You know, and if you're a type two, you can see your orientation for wanting to be snuggly and cozy and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. My daughter recently has been posting, I think on the type two Dressing Your Truth page, she put a post up that she realized how much she liked cuddling. And that's, you know, she was, she had a blanket up all in, you know, she still owns the same blanket she had as in her infancy. It's it's very, wow. very it's like a very fragile piece now. It's like an artifact of her childhood. Wow. She realized maybe it'd be a good idea for me to get a cozy blanket that I can sleep with at night. Because her okay. type three husband 
doesn't want to cuddle up as much as she would like to. <laughs> so maybe you need to go out and get yourself a blanket. A blanket, yes. Or a big stuffed animal. You see what I'm saying? Yes. That you want something warm and comfortable, and you type two children are the most inclined to want a blanket. Okay. For those reasons. So That's maybe me. we can create adult blankets, you know, opportunity okay. merchandise right there. I should be selling blankets. Yes, because I I so need a blanket. I mean, I'm just like, I feel abandoned if I don't have one. Yeah, give yourself your blanket. It's fine. There's no age um, on that one. So the Carol Tuttle Healing Center, where I have all the online healing sessions, would be really Mm -hmm. supportive to you as well. Okay. Because it would help you do that inner work um, without you trying to figure, you you know, I'll just, all those healing video, the sessions are video format, and you just go on and turn them on and do them. And it would okay. not, you wouldn't have to guess how to do this then. Sounds good. Thank you. So check that out. Hey, thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Bye bye. The lines are open. Call 347 677 1963. Press 1. If you've called in, you do need to press the number 1 on your phone so it shows on my switchboard that you want to come live on the air. I'll check out. I've got a couple questions that were submitted via email. Um, This came in. I'm an avid fan of energy profiling and trusting your truth for almost two years now and love it so much. My question hinges on the interaction between my type 4 self and my two-year-old type 2 son. He loves to be held and to cuddle, and I love to focus. I find myself not wanting to hold him nearly as often as he wants to be held, and especially dislike being interrupted when I am doing something such as preparing a meal to be held. I have meditated on why I'm having this experience and believe a key aspect is that my son is here to remind me of the importance of tuning into others, even if it means an interruption in my focus. I'm writing to see if you have any other insights to share. I would love to hear your feelings. I think you're right on with this. I think... um, He's two, and he's not to rationalize with him. He's too young for that. To just know, for him to know, I'm here for you, and to respond to that. And then to make sure you only do the most focused tasks that, you know, being interrupted from your dinner preparation to me isn't as a big deal as a product, something you're working on that really engages your intellect. To make sure you do things that you honestly want not do not want interruption on when you've got a babysitter to help with him. You, you even staying in the home, if you need to go to an office or your own personal workspace, or while the child is napping, that you do set aside time so that you do have uninterrupt, uninterrupted focus time in parts of your day because that will be uh, disturbing to you to not have a por- some portion of that in your life. But you need to have someone caring for your child or make sure that they're napping so that you know I have this time to be focused without any interruption. So give yourself that benefit. And then you've covered both your needs with that. You're able to show up for your son and allow the interruption and you're able to support yourself so that you're not interrupted the times because you're going to need some of that. Thanks for that question. I have another question. My type 1 10-year-old daughter has always had a flair for the dramatic, but lately her freakouts have turned into full-fledged tantrums. She screams, jumps, and jumps up and down, and throws things. I had a talk with her last night before bed. What? about what she had been doing and asked if there were any problems at school with her friends or if anything was worrying her. She said no. I explained to her that now she was acting, how she was acting was unacceptable and I needed her to try to show some self-control and respond in more age-appropriate ways. But this morning before school, there was another screaming, jumping, hurling tantrum. She overreacts to the slightest thing and loses it. What do you suggest to help her respond in more appropriate ways? Type 4 mom. Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, no fault to type poor moms. You don't know you're doing it, but you just innately run your world and the world of your children with structure. You just do it by default. 
It's because it's what comes naturally for you. So type 4 moms don't realize, because you're in your own world doing what's natural for you, you don't have a perspective to see it, that your structure, your inclination for structure and your natural ability to create it without even a thought of it is very stifling to your children at times. And so my sense right now with this question is, and you were trying to rationalize with her. See, you sat her down to have this intellectual conversation with a child that's a social-oriented child that doesn't want to have a conversation like that. What if you were to tell her, jump more. You need to have more fun. You're not having enough fun in life. You know, you're screaming and yelling probably because you're not having enough fun and you don't feel the lightness of your life. I've probably, you know, got you so structured, you're screaming now. You're throwing a tantrum. And in your rational mind, you're going to go, oh, but this is what a child needs. A child needs to get up and make their bed every day. A child needs to take a shower every day. A child needs to keep their room clean. Well, a a type 1 child does not need to do all that. She does not need to make her bed every day. She does not have to have a clean room every day of her life. And quite honestly, someone was put, and this goes along with a question that was on the um, a, the Facebook group. The this one was on the I think it was on the Type One group that their Type One children weren't wanting to shower every day. I have a Type One son who's 25 that doesn't shower every day because he doesn't have that kind of consistency. So why does a child need to shower every day? They're not getting sweaty and hot and and dirty. So again, in our culture, we've created these practices that say you have to make your bed every day, you have to keep a clean room, you have to shower every day, and that means you're a responsible human being, not in the world of a type 1. So your daughter is screaming, hurling, and having tantrums, most likely because by age 10, She has lived in her mom's type 4 world where it does not feel light, fun, and random for her. What if you were to say, you're 10 years old, you're in charge of your room and your bed. It's your space. Could you let go of it? Could you honestly let go and shut that door? And say, it's up to you if you want to make your bed every day. It's up to you if you want to have a clean room. Now, if you can't go there, maybe you say, And then what does she have, you know, I don't know what's going on. Maybe, I don't know if, I'm assuming, I'm going to just conclude this is happening because it's pretty common practice for type 4 moms to run their households, run their families like this. It's what you do. It's okay, but it's not the most favorable thing. So what if you were to let, you know, I don't know how much you can let go, but what if you were to let go of some things where this child is overly structured? And by age 10, she's already had a lot of it. And so there's some undoing of what's been done at this point. My next question, let's see. Hang on. Thanks for waiting. I'm switching. I have to switch on my computer different... uh, screens to see what's going on. I've got a caller calling in from 801-369. You're live on the show. Hi, Carol. My name is Lori Kay, and I'm calling from Utah. Hi. Hello. I just wanted to say thank you for this insight when you were talking about um, uh, co-sleeping. I saw, I have, I'm a mother of eight children, and I have seen so much, um, so many parallels with my children from their infancy now that I've read The Child Whisperer and I'm hearing your comments about um, the sleeping together. I was a mother that I really wanted to have that time with my children sleeping with having it was easier to nurse, et cetera. And, and uh, it was interesting to watch. My I had a type 3 son is my youngest. And... I was so excited to nurse him longer, to sleep with him longer, and he wouldn't have it. He was done at about a year, which was much shorter than 
my experience with any of my other children, and he um, moved on very quickly. He was probably done in six months. You just kept him going for a year, <laughs> quite possibly. Yes, I, it's very true. <laughs> we we struggled. I struggled <laughs> with uh, having holding him on for a little bit longer, but um, and then I had other children. The child who's just older than him is a type two, and she nursed until she was almost three and was um, very happy with spending time with mom and and having that. Uh, together time. So I do have a question in relation to it. One of our first children, um, in trying to parent the way everyone, what I thought was the correct way to parent, not being in tune with my intuitive self um, or my children necessarily, our first had a lot of type 2 energy. I'm not sure whether he's dominant type 2 or not, but he we really put him in his own crib, in his own room, and we it was a struggle for years um, with that until he um, we had some better times, you know, through his later childhood. Well, now he's he's 18 and going to college and still living at home and very content to be here with the family, etc. So my question is, are there ways that we can help support if if we were not in tune with those things as when our children were younger? Uh, maybe some needs weren't fulfilled, et cetera. How do we move forward in trying to support and fulfill some of those needs as they are moving into adulthood? Well, do you have my um, book, The Child Whisperer? I do. Because in each of the sections, each of the four types, I go through all the developmental stages from birth to age 18. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually reference those comments and uh, recognize that in your child either verbally or just emotionally by holding that space and that message just in a more telepathic manner to say, I honor this in you, each of the different phases that you, I would read through that and say, oh, I didn't really do this when they were, you know, two. I really need to send them that message. And emotional messages aren't verbal, but they're still felt in this they're still received by the emotional body of the other person because now you're energetically acknowledging that. In some cases, you might need to verbalize it. But go through those and say, you know, I can make up for what I didn't do as a parent. And to certain degrees, though, children, we all came through this with an intent for our own healing and our own lessons in life so that, you know, um, I believe that at the level of consciousness I was born into on the planet. I chose a certain experience, and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for the fact that I basically didn't get my needs. In my trying to heal and discover Carol, I've created a whole business now in helping people do the same thing. But we're now (laughs) shifting on the planet to say, you know, we don't have to keep shaming, guilting, you know, operating such a lower consciousness within humanity, it's time to wake up and really get who we are. And the children coming in are so more, much more advanced as far as their being so clear in their state of consciousness when they're born. They're not going to play that old game. But you can go back. You can reparent your child through those ages, even through guided visualization. You can see yourself different when they were an infant. You can see the different things, practices you did, you would have changed and and visualize yourself in that space, in that experience, doing it differently. Uh, Just what I teach, I have a CD called How to um, Healing Your Inner Child. It's on caroltuttle.com. And it's a Mm -hmm. four-hour program that we sell. And what I teach in that can be applied in the same approach, principle, and methods to your own child. You, what I'm teaching in that is how to go in and reparent your child self. You can do that with your own children through guided, through visualization, through affirmation, and then just showing up differently now. Parent them that way now. And things really that, start to shift then. That is amazing to me. It's amazing and gives me so much hope. And... I mean, I'm blessed with very wonderful, delightful children. Um, we don't have any major problems that I foresee at the moment, but 
I'm very I feel very very blessed as a parent. But still, to know that there are ways that we can support them in healing and that we can heal, yeah. and I just well, one one thing you'll help you. them avoid then is um, they'll be able to go into a partnership with a significant other and have it a want based relationship rather than oh, I need you to do what my parents didn't do for me. Right. Unless people did their own inner work and then they finally just kind of got it, you know, let's end this. It's not our our best interest, but we're going to stay friends. But most divorce is a byproduct of you didn't meet my needs, so I have to leave you and find somebody else that will. And they go create the same thing with a different person. So... um, that's just the cycle that we are emotionally stuck in when our parents didn't give us. And we're just, next week I'm going to talk about this on my show, what's happening energetically on this planet, because we are pioneering the emotional space of our humanity. We have never given permission. Growing up, we were not given permission to feel bad. We are now in a place where as, the current generation of parents have this huge opportunity to give permission to being emotionally authentic. And when you have this model of energy profiling, you're going to have less less of the um, of the what happens when you're parenting a child contrary to their nature. They have an emotional reaction to that tantrums, you know, all the different stressful expressions that children move into, and then we shut that down. See, that's what's so amazing. It's like, I'm not only going to not parent you correctly, I'm going to tell you you can't feel bad about it and to to repress that. So when you get to about 35, all that stuff's going to come up for you. And good luck with that one because you're going to spend now 10 to 15 years trying to put yourself back together. (laughs) That's what we've been doing here. We're really, really good at that. And it's like time to change. So the fact that you even recognize that something can be done different that's the first step, and that's the first step that creates massive change, healing, and allowing for you and your children. It's like you've created the space by your awareness for that to happen. That's huge. So good for you. So I'm not sure if my caller's still there. I'm going to go ahead and and thank you for calling in, and thanks for being such a great mom to eight children. That's phenomenal. I've got a caller from 928. You are live on the show. Hi, Carol. Hi, what's your name? Um, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Snowflake, Arizona. Oh, welcome. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. I I have a type one. I'm probably ninety five percent sure of it. <laughs> and my husband's a type four and we have six kids. Our oldest is almost fifteen and our youngest is three. Um my question is about my type three daughter and mm-hmm. she's a type one. Very type one. <laughs> okay. And And she's three years old? She's three years old. Okay. And you were talking about co-sleeping and sleeping in the bed and everything. And my question is, her whole life we've tried to get her in her own bed. <laughs> and it's always been she's either in our bed, in her bed, on the couch, with one of the other kids, you know, back and forth every night. And she still wakes up several times throughout the night. And... We're just trying to figure out how to get her to sleep through the night. So, okay, she's showing, she's definitely being true to her random nature. Yeah, yeah. How many nights a week? Okay, let's just decide she can't, she's not going to pull off the every night in her own bed. Yeah. So maybe let's let go of that expectation. Would you be thrilled if she could do three or four? Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, could she be given a prize or something fun if she did, um, I'm going to say three nights to start with. 
Yeah. Does she have She's an incentive? Done that. Does she have? Yeah. Can she go to bed with some toys in her bed? What makes going to bed fun in her own bed? What's the, um, what's the something to look forward to if she does it? We usually take her to the dollar store and get her something if she sleeps in her Have bed. Have you set it up or, with the sleeping though? Have you said, all right, when you do, you know, if you do three nights this week, we're going to the dollar store. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited! I usually so do it fun. like per night. If she sleeps in her bed that night, the next morning we're like jumping up and down, all excited for her. Even my husband, who's tight for he. It's really exciting to say, let's go get you a treat. You oh, I think you could take night. it to three nights then. Okay. Do three. Try three okay. to create a pattern of consistency of three nights. Now, they may not be three nights in a row. So I would go three nights a week. And wherever she ends up, the other night she ends up. Don't you? It's like whatever. We're, all we're looking at right now is three nights this week, we're going to really support her in sleeping in her own bed. Okay, okay, once that gets to be developed, then I would go to, Let's do two nights in a row, and the third one can be whatever. Okay. She doesn't have a concept of time, okay? She doesn't yeah, understand she doesn't a week. Yeah. Okay, once she succeeds at two in a row, let's move it to three in a row. See what I'm saying, how you're doing this? You're going to do yeah. it randomly. Yeah. You're going to approach <laughs> this randomly. And yeah. You're going to maybe even catch on, and then... Um, she might go for the three nights in a row right away just to get to the dollar store. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. if that's the if that's been like been there done that, is that going to be an incentive? Is that going to really be It probably the will. She she really wants a hula hoop at the dollar store to keep telling her no. Okay. <laughs> she's had them before. I think she's right. old enough though to grasp that three nights. Okay. Four feels too much, but three seems mm-hmm. very feasible. Okay. And a pro, and then you got to let go of that wherever she. Well, it'll be really interesting to see where she ends up the other nights. Maybe she'll end up in her own bed. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're trying. But you to don't. You don't get her put an expectation on that. You know. So you're going to approach this true to her with a more random approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just um, she's been true to her randomness, and I've just kind of let her do do whatever with that. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, because I'm type 1 also, so it's a little bit harder for me to to be more... Well, this sounds like right? this approach would be more true to you as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you should get yourself something at the dollar store. I know. <laughs> or go get a manicure, a pedicure, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, if I can yeah. support this and really pull this off, I'm going to go give myself something. You need something to look forward to yeah. for being willing to, um, you know, keep the... Keep it going so that you don't just say, oh, whatever, because okay. you can so let go of it. So it's, I don't care. Yeah, I know worth I do. It. So give yourself an incentive, too. Okay. What about, it's because she keeps waking up during the night. She could start off in her bed, but she wakes up, has to go to the bathroom, or she wants to be with me, or who knows what. I have no idea. If the temperature is too warm, she wakes up, or whatever it is. all that up. <laughs> She is. She's finding a reason uh-huh. to, to, what do you do when that happens? I usually try to walk her around or I sometimes I'm just like, I'm so tired. Just get in my bed. Kick me all night. I don't care. <laughs> just so she I know she'll go there then. See? And that's where she'll usually end up. Yeah. She knows you'll give in. Yeah. You can't give in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> If she's chosen to sleep in her own bed, you might you've cho- you are choosing to sleep in your own bed tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to support you in that. Okay. You're just, you know that's awesome. So you're gonna you she knows doesn't take a whole lot for mom to give in. Yeah, yeah. I think all my kids know that. <laughs> so, yeah. So they're going to work you. You've taught them to do that though. Yeah. So you got to retrain them on that one. Okay. So I think I could do that. You can. That too. Mm-hmm. That seems That's pretty good. easy. So thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be You're on welcome. the show. Thank you so much. I love the book. Thank you. Okay, bye. Got time for one more caller at 540. You're live on the show. Wait a minute. There you are. You're live on the show, 540, and this has got to be speed question because i got five minutes left on the show today. 
Hey there. So um, I'm calling from Virginia. We have a two-bedroom place, and we've got three kids. We just had our last one, and we've got just no space. And so I was just wondering, we've got type 2, type 1, and a type 4 baby, and the baby's sharing mine and my husband's room. My husband's a type 4. I'm a type 1, and I just feel like we are so crowded. You are? No, and I are. just, uh, I don't know. You're but, right. Uh, <laughs> You're yeah, very for crowded. My, <laughs> for my type 1 son, it's really having a hard time sleeping, especially through the night. And it's not something that I can offer them to come into our room with us because of my type 4 baby. Um, sure. Anyways, I didn't know if it was an option to, I don't know how to change up the space or maybe the way How old is the type 1? The type 1 is 3. And so we're and having a time making bedtime. is how old? She's five and just started kindergarten. Okay. So it's your type one that keeps waking up? Mm-hmm. How old's yeah, the baby? Um, three months. I think this is more to do with, Mom, are you still, am I, you know, this is the next child syndrome. I think that's what's getting going on with more than the sleeping is somebody else now took his, you know, that just some kids are affected by that. Um, when the next child comes into the household, into the family, where they're now checking in to say, are you still there for me? You know, am I still important to you? Because you've got this baby now. And was it, was a, your type 1 sleeping with you prior to the baby? No, in your no room? not at all. And it's, I think he just has so much energy. He's a 1-4 and just, I don't know, I'm a 1-4 and I have not been living true to that. And I think he's carried the weight of, I need to teach mom how to be herself. Yeah. And now that I'm kind I of I think you need on. to just give it more time and give him lots of reassurance of mommy loves you. And I, I think he's just checking in to see, the, you know, hey, you know, is mom still there for me? And I think you just need to give it, some things are working themselves out now that you have, you have this um, consciousness to operate from in your parenting. And sometimes things can get worse before they get better because it's almost like you're allowing it. You're allowing everybody to kind of be more who they are. So that's all this, you know, emotional stuff that can get stirred up and needs to get just vented and released and cleared. So just keep reassuring him. Um, you do have cramped quarters, and just pray that it'll you'll be able to work it out in your space and you'll know what to do and give it a little more time. Thank you for your reassurance. You're welcome. Thanks for calling right, in. Thank you. Bye. Well, next week I'm excited because from my um, experience working with energy and as an energy healer for many, many years, there's a lot of things happening on the planet that are... That I'm going to talk about the energy shift that we're going through as a humanity, and it's very definitely happening. And... The theme for the next two and a half months is breakdown or breakthrough. And a lot of stuff's getting stirred up for everybody. So you're either going to break down and let it go, or you're going to break through and make the shift. Either way, we're going through a shift. So I'm going to talk about that next week. And I actually am uh, not a, a serious student, but a, but a, uh, a, a curious student of astrology, and I do feel that astrology does impact our experience of humanity here, because, and I'll talk about that next week from an astrological point of view, what's happening when we go through, what happens to us when we go through different planetary alignments that energetically affect our planet and how that affects us as uh is part is members of this planet and how that affects our energy. So tune in next week. And thanks, everyone, for your questions today, for tuning into the show. Remember, we've got the bonuses extended through next Monday, November 5th. Go to thechildwhisperer.com and join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thechildwhisperer. And just thank you so much for being the fabulous parents that you are. For more information on Carol's revolutionary energy profiling system and her natural healing methods, go online to Carol's blog at www.thecarolblog.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking energy profiling book 
It's Just My Nature, and her best-selling energy healing book, Remembering Wholeness. That's www.thecarolblog.com for all of Carol Tuttle's amazing resources. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Better Parenting Show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being part of today's show. Thank you.